Welcome to Photoactive, a podcast about photography and technology. I'm Kirk McElhern. And I'm Jeff Carlson. Christmas is coming up soon, and a lot of our listeners are going to have a lot of photos to take. I'm sure, Jeff, you're going to take a thousand photos because you're always taking photos of your wife and daughter. Well, your I'm... Daughter, your daughter is one day going to be very angry with you for all of the photos of her entire life that you have shared on social media, in your books, in articles, etc. And so far, she's not, and I'm incredibly thankful for it. But yes, that day will come. So what we wanted to do today was talk about composition, specifically a, and I'm doing the air quotes thing here, a rule that photographers learn. And when we were talking about this yesterday, prepping for the episode, you were saying, but it's in all the photo magazines. It's in all the books, all the magazines. This rule of thirds, which is, it's a lie. It doesn't exist. It's a conspiracy. Okay, now see, this is exactly why we wanted to have this episode, because uh, longtime listeners will know that um, Kirk has brought this up before, but usually it's just been in passing or in relation to something else that we're talking about. And I've always just sort of filed it away, like, okay, Kirk thinks that there's no rule of thirds. And like, there obviously is a rule of thirds, because as I as you said, uh, you know, it's in all sorts of books. You have software that when you open some of the, the cropping tools, it will give you a rule of thirds grid or the option to do it. But, but Apple Photos doesn't, surprisingly. Okay, okay, Apple Photos doesn't. And so at some point, like, I I wanted to know, like, okay, why are you so vehement about the rule of thirds? And... That's what led us to this, because I'm, I'm genuinely curious, because I sometimes think in rule of thirds, we'll talk about this when we're, when we're actually shooting for composition and editing for composition, uh, but, you know, you're, you're militant about this. Like, you are really <laughs> hardcore. <laughs> if anybody says rule of thirds, Kirk's brain explodes. One of them is the rule of thirds. Another one is that B word for the... Um, out of focus background. Brownies. Another one is the hyphen in the title of Moby Dick. Okay, there we can cover that be... on another episode, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I see that on Twitter, it annoys me. You know, when a publisher is saying something about Moby Dick. Yeah, yeah. Um, it only appears in the title, but it's in the title of the book. Anyway, fascinating. Um, okay, why is so the rule tell of me. Thirds a lie. Why is the rule of thirds the path to deception? Be- before we do that, let's just briefly go over the rule of thirds, or, or okay, uh, the 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 uh, the assumed rule of thirds that other people might have heard of, and just to get everybody on the same field. Okay, so the rule of thirds is basically the frame that you're shooting in. You divide it into nine, so you put two horizontal lines at one third. Um, distance from each side, so it, it makes it into three vertical sections. You put two horizontal lines, one-third from the top, one-third from the bottom, so you have nine sections that are all the same aspect ratio of the aspect ratio that you're shooting in. So if you're shooting in square, you'll have nine squares. If you're shooting in 3-2, you'll have nine little 3-2 rectangles. The rule of thirds says that for ideal composition, you should put your subject at one of those points where the lines cross. There are four of them right? Each one is a third from an edge, right. right? Bottom, left, top. The problem is that's wrong. There's no ideal composition, first of all, for anything. Um, assuming that putting a, a subject 
at that position is going to be ideal. Let's just take an example. If you shoot in square and you shoot a portrait, where are you going to put the face? Just instinctively. Instinctively, sort of. Yeah. Uh, well, if I'm shooting in square, then yeah, I would probably put the face square in the middle. Or right. So or, that's the rule of one. Right. Right. And so, <laughs> so like, like, like I, you know, ideally, I would put uh, the, their eyes um, maybe about a third of the way down, depending on you know the the size of their head and on all that. But you're right. Well, no. not the size of their head, but how much of their head and torso well, that's what are showing. <laughs> that's what I meant. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, if, if I'm shooting like, like just a, like say a headshot. Okay. Um, so yeah. Okay. Rule of thirds doesn't work in a square composition for a headshot. I will grant you, okay. but you know, now, there's all sorts let's of say examples. You're shooting in, in, in two, three aspect ratio in portrait mode. Okay. Now again, depends on the size of their head, but you're <laughs> likely to put the person in one of two places, the head is either going to be in the center, mm -hmm. in most cases, because there are all sorts of reasons why you wouldn't. Let's say sure, sure. you're taking a picture of someone holding their cat, and they're slightly turned sideways. Well, you're going to want them a little bit askew from center, because you've got the counterbalancing of the cat in their arms. And this is where composition breaks all these rules, that you're not just shooting a single object. Right, right. And, and in fact... And I think we'll get back to this uh, with more importance later, in that what you just said, I think, proves your point. Maybe that was too early, but because... Yeah, well, when you you're... don't have to listen anymore. Okay, sorry. <laughs> if you're shooting a simple object, then you really, you have to have a reason to not center it. Now, I'm not saying that photos should be centered. The thing is... The flower photos that I've been shooting, we'll put a link in the show notes to an episode where one or two of the flower photos show up. These are essentially centered. I'm shooting them in square, but you'll notice that some of them, and we'll try and find one, and if we can't find one in the episode, we'll throw one in the show notes here. When I'm shooting a flower from the side, so it's not fully symmetrical, then I'll try and find the position of the flower in that square where the weight of the shape and the shape itself balances, if that makes sense. I'm not mm -hmm. looking at any grid lines. I'm not imagining a pinpoint center. I'm looking at the overall composition of the photo and saying, where does this look good? Now, you could retort, well, where it looks good, if you put a grid of thirds on top of it, it might match the grid. We're going to come to that later. I was just about to retort, but okay. <laughs> now I will not retort. Okay. Um, the, the thing is that, as you say, this is in all the photography magazines as one of the basic tips. Now, you and I, we write about technology. But what are the basic tips we always tell people about the Mac that are right? Use keyboard shortcuts. Um, have backups. Have backups. All these, these are like, if someone asked us to write an article with 50 tips for the Mac, we would have 25 of them already because they're the things we always use. I'm convinced that in photography magazines, it's the same. They've got these tips that they always use. They get paid for writing something that takes absolutely no effort. There's no creativity involved. They all go out and they shoot pictures with the grid line on in their camera to make sure the pictures match. Mm -hmm. Because if you look back at some of your photos, and you and I, we did this yesterday and today. We looked at some of our favorite photos, our best photos. Um, not square photos in my case, because I do a lot of square, and I, I think that doesn't really fit. Um, 
we both had trouble finding photos that match the rule of thirds. We'll get to that later, too. <laughs> We're going to get to everything later. I think what's key here is intent. And we've mentioned this uh, countless times before. But I don't think rule of thirds is necessarily like an evil, bad thing. I see it very much as a starting point. And the intent part of it, I think, comes from the fact that so many people would just center everything in their shots. And that led to a degree of uniformity, I think, especially among people who, you know, they're, they're not skilled photographers or enthusiast photographers. And it, it was an idea to be able to have some visual interest rather than, okay, here's Bobby and he's standing in front of a building and you have like Bobby and the building behind him and then just, you know, wasted space on the sides because people are like just focusing on on the main subject. And so the rule of thirds, I think, started as or or comes across as something to knock you out of that that center everything mindset. But but now I'm going to imagine the scene, Bobby in front of the building. Let's just imagine Bobby's in front of a a small storefront. Okay. Symmetrical. Okay. I was thinking isolated. Okay, go Isolated. ahead, go ahead, go space ahead. Space on the right and space on the left. If he's standing in the center, you're not going to put it, you're not going to put him off to the left. If he's standing to the left, well, then he's standing to the left. You're still going to center the storefront because the subject is not just Bobby. It's Bobby in front, of, in front of the storefront. Yes, that's an excellent point. Okay, what if Bobby's in front of the Empire State Building? Well, then it has to be centered. I mean, if you're getting the whole Empire State Building, you have to be pretty far away. <laughs> well, um, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but it depends on what's behind. It depends on the whole context of the photo. And this is where the rule that's of thirds it. fails. The rule of thirds may work if you're shooting an isolated bird flying in the sky and you happen to catch it at the right time. And maybe you crop your photo to put it in a position like that. Maybe you see it's flying from right to left, and it would make more sense for it to be toward the left because that gives you the feeling of movement. Mm hmm um you're shooting i don't know you're you're on a boat and you're shooting someone in a rowboat in the sea and you don't want them dead center so you're going to put them someplace but you're going to put them someplace in relation to what's behind them is there a beach behind them are there palm trees mm -hmm. it all comes down to the globality of the composition and the rule of thirds assumes that your composition can be reduced to I won't say one point because it's not that simple, but reduced to a very small area of your photo. Yeah. No, I get that. I get that. But I also think, you know, in the case of the example of, of the person in the rowboat, I mean, you know, it, let's say they are on the sea and there is actually nothing behind them. Okay. Um, where are they you, sitting in the rowboat? Where are they sitting in the rowboat? Are they in the front? Are they in the middle or are they in the back? They would be in the back. Right. So now, how do you compose that? You generally want to compose it so the, let's say, they're on the, the back is on the right side. You generally want mm -hmm. the boat to be somewhere leaning toward the left and them somewhere to the right, because you don't want the person to be centered, most right. likely. Right, right. And you don't want necessarily want the boat to be centered either. Well, and and the, at least in terms of the, the, the image that you put in my head was, you know, having the boat and having some of, of the ocean, having the sea or the lake, what have you, 
what you're trying to do is by not putting them in the center, you're giving space in the photo for that boat to travel. Because you could you could totally put the the boat, let's say, on the left hand side, so the the person is heading left, and then there's there's like a lot of space of where where the boat was, but that tends to crowd that side of the frame, and so by by giving, even though obviously like nothing is moving in the image, there's still that sense of motion, that sense of travel, and opening it up sort of gives you that 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 imaginative. Uh, destination for the boat. However, I say this knowing that everything that I just said is not necessarily rule of third. See, this is where you're going to exactly. get me. Yeah. I see where this is headed, and it makes me a little bit chastened because I was coming in not exactly uh, eager or or willing to you know defend rule of thirds to the death. But surely I thought, okay, there are many times when I I, I compose with the idea of rule of thirds just as a starting point. So surely I must have some photos that are just strictly rule of thirds. And what I just described is is not a rule, it is a composition based on the contents of the scene. Exactly. And I think what's important to understand is that in any photo, it's most likely that you don't want your subject too close to any edge. Yeah. There are there are exceptions. There are always exceptions. In most compositions, um, in fact, um, I have a photo on my wall, which I'll put an image of in the show notes. It's a photo by Michael Kenna. If you remember the Huangshang Mountain study, where you've got the tree up at the top and then the mountain that plunges down toward the left, one could argue that the main subject is that tree, and that tree is very close to the edge of the photo. Mm -hmm. But it's only close to the edge of the photo because of the movement of the mountain going down into the valley, into the light. Um, so there are cases where you can have something close to the edge, but in general, you don't want to, because then you leave all this negative space, and there has to be a reason for the negative space. Yeah. And in this particular Michael Kenna photo, there is a reason for the negative space. But in most photos, say the guy in the rowboat, there's no reason to do that. Now we need to find a picture of a guy in a rowboat. I don't think I have any. <laughs> I've never been in a rowboat. So, um, A little bit of history of the rule of thirds. It was invented according, well, first written down, according to Wikipedia, by John Thomas Smith in 1797. Um, he quoted a 1783 work by Joshua Reynolds in which Reynolds discusses in unquantified terms the balance of dark and light in a painting. So the original rule of thirds was something that said that there should be two distinct equal lights should never appear in the same picture. There should be more dark or more light, two-thirds, one-third. Now, this was also modified later with some painters talking about um, when you're doing a landscape, you want the horizon to be, say, two-thirds up or one-third up, depending on whether you're focusing on the sky or let's say the sea, uh, it might be two-thirds up, or the sky, it might be one-third up. But back in the day, I mean, when I shot with an SLR, there were no grid lines on the camera. Um, there was a little square in the center, uh, and then the sort of two semicircles that moved to focus. I know different cameras had different focus methods. If you look at a view camera, so a view camera is like the kind that they shot daguerreotypes on, they actually had grids on them, but they were grids of like 10 by 15 lines. They weren't like in thirds. Mm -hmm. um, I think they used that in some ways to focus. It was, it was that, what would you call it, ground glass? 
and somehow the focus it had something to do with the focus. So I don't know when the rule of thirds started. I'm wondering if it didn't start with digital photos. Um, I, I did do a little research, but I didn't find anything. It's kind of hard to, you know, find the point at which something came into a pre-digital um, existence. Yeah, yeah. We have a link from the Guardian. Guardian newspaper today. And every day they have best photographs of the day. And there are a dozen, 15 photographs every day. Now, these are news photographs, reportage. Um, A lot of them are very active. Things are going on. People are protesting. Um, There's an amazing shot with a water cannon. There's a kid on a swing. You'd be hard pressed to find any rule of thirds in any of these photos. There's one uh, if you look in Guwahati, India, there's one where there's a policeman who is one third from the left of the frame. Um, other than that, there's not really rule of thirds. Now, there is actually a vertical, almost rule of thirds. It's a man in Nairobi, Kenya, standing on a mountain of rubbish. And the mountain of rubbish takes up two thirds of the frame ish. And the sky takes up the rest. And he's sort of about 40% from the right. But what do you do when you're shooting that? You decide as a photographer, the rubbish is the subject and the human being is there for scale. You don't want to put the human in the center. You put them someplace. You choose. And I'm sure the photographer who did this did not look at the grid lines in his camera and say, ooh, rule of thirds. (laughs) Um, Worth pointing out, all these photos are in 3-2 aspect ratio, which is what most press photographers generally use. Um, We don't know if any of them were cropped. It's very possible. Um, But Every day the Guardian has these photos, and I was looking over a few days, and seeing a rule of thirds photo is pretty rare there. Now, that's professional photographers. Um, We we thought maybe we'd find it more among amateur photographers like me and you. How about after the break, let's take a look at some images that people can look in the um, show notes and also uh, in the episode, depending on what player you have, and uh, we'll discuss a few. That's right. We have to take a break. Yes. Okay, so we've got a bunch of images. I don't know how many you want to put in the show notes. Um, We've got, let's see, we've got seven images. We might as well put them all. Do you want to start with yours? I picked out five that, you know, at first glance, just looking at thumbnails in Lightroom, like that looks like a rule of thirds. That looks like a rule of thirds. And I think of these, well, I found something very interesting. One, you could almost say that they're rule of thirds, but not in a very specific way. In fact, uh, on on a couple of these, we open them up in... uh, the crop tool in Lightroom that actually has a grid line and realized that, well, no, it, it, it's actually not rule of thirds, but I think it was like suggested by rule of thirds. Okay. But let's, let's, the rule of thirds doesn't mean that the things have to be exactly on those lines. There's a little bit of flexibility. There's a little bit of flexibility, but yeah. it turned out that there was more flexibility in the shots that I chose than I thought right. because I wasn't you know trying to be super exact. Of these shots, there's only one that I think is genuinely rule of thirds e, and for people who are listening, um, there, there are two ways you can 
view these. One, you can go to our website and view the show notes. We have them listed there. And depending on the uh, podcast player that you're listening to, you may be able to see the images as we speak about them. So Overcast, for example, will we'll show the preview. They'll be kind of small, but you'll still be, be able to small. make them out. Yeah. Um, and so, so this is a an image uh, taken at the Boardman Tree Farm in Oregon. And basically, it's a tunnel of trees. And when I was looking at this, it, it it's very much a rule of thirds style shot. Uh, the, the trees go off uh, in perspective into the distance, and there's an opening uh, right at about a third from the left. But when I was looking at this and thinking about as I shot it, I don't think that I was really aiming for a rule of thirds. I was just trying to find a composition that gave me that tunnel because the, this tree farm, there are just rows and rows and rows of trees. And I wanted the composition of a tunnel. I wanted to see the end of the row. And I, I think I could have centered that from the left and right, but... But then you would have had to change your angle because I would have had to once, change my once angle, you center have... something, it has to be symmetrical. And, and right. that's a real issue with composition, that if you're slightly asymmetrical, it looks wrong. Right. And, and also having more trees on the right side of the image gives you that density because you're looking into the other rows and sort of accentuates the the sense that you are you're inside this tunnel rather than, you know, here I am in a row on a tree farm, which is what I am. But, you know, if my you didn't tell people, my it choice, would look like something in Merkwood. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so this is an example, probably the clearest example of, you know, rule of thirds that I have in this set that I may have started with the idea of placing that in the first third quadrant just because I didn't want that symmetry. But then I sort of threw that aside and focused just on the rest of the composition and, and the goals that I was looking for. Okay, second photo is a portrait. And I think this is a perfect example of why the rule of thirds doesn't exist very often. Um, you didn't center the person in the portrait. And if you look at the composition, it's kind of obvious. On the left, there's a road. On the right, there's tulips. So you want to give a little bit more weight to the tulips. You want to have a little more color. Right. You want to keep her shoulder from the edge of the frame. So you don't have any choice. As long as her shoulder's showing up where it is, you can't put her any further to the left. There's, while her face is roughly at one third from the left, it's not quite. Um, it, her nose is, I, I'm going to guess, 38 to 40 percent from the Something right. Like that. Um, it's just the composition that makes that. Yeah, it, yeah. It's well, kind of obvious. Well, and and I think here I wasn't thinking rule of thirds at all. It was strictly okay. Um, I had this picture of uh, this friend of ours, but I really wanted to get the colorful tulips on the right hand side. We were at a tulip farm, uh, doing a photo shoot, and so you know the the goal was not just take a portrait of somebody, it was, here's a portrait in this environment, and I wanted to make sure that the environment is there. I think in terms of uh, shooting portraits, you know, we mentioned this earlier, like centering somebody, if you're doing environmental portraits, you're going to do 
a composition that's more like this because you're there as much for the environment as the person. Because you do want to incorporate the background, the setting, and not just the person. And that's why there's no rule of thirds, because your composition is the entire frame. It's not just the subject. Yes. That's a very succinct way of putting it. Okay. So the third one, black and white, um, portrait mode in that aspect ratio that gives you an optical illusion that makes it look thinner than it really is. This is a 2-3 format. We were looking earlier, the woman's hair is roughly on one-third from the right, but again, you can't have her hair too, too close to the edge. You've right. got a tulip in the left. You can't cut in the middle of the tulip. You're kind of limited here. Yeah, exactly. And this this one was a crop of a wider shot that, that was shot in a landscape orientation. And the the stuff on the sides just wasn't really very interesting. I wanted to focus on her. And the placement of her sort of roughly actually she's not even two thirds over, like like if if you look at her Well her uh, body's dead center. Her her body's pretty much dead center. Like like her, her cheek and her nose are, you know, a little bit past center. But I did shift her over to the right when I was cropping the image because like I wanted that sense of um where she's where she's headed in the picture. She's not actually headed um so she's I should describe. So uh she's standing with her shoulder to the camera and sort of looking over her shoulder and her hair's uh sort of flowing behind her. And she's doing that pose that people do on red carpets for movie premieres. Exactly, exactly. And I wanted to have her body is facing toward the left edge, and I wanted that sense of movement of, you know, she, she's probably headed in that direction. And, um, you know, I I basically said, hey, stop and look at me because this is a really good composition. <laughs> this is the way, you know, photography but works if sometimes. You, if, you look at, if you look at your options here, what could you do? You've got her, her hips are more or less centered, right? Mm -hmm. You've got yeah. the mass of her body with her elbow coming out. Um, all that's in the center. If you moved her body to the left to get her face in the center, that would look weird. That kind of like weird. the guy in the rowboat. Right. If you moved exactly. her body more to the right, her hair would be closer to the edge and her face would be too far away. So it's like there's no thirds here. It's just you really don't have a choice. Right, right. And Well, and this is a case where I wasn't thinking of thirds. I was thinking of motion i was thinking of you know balance and i i think my gosh i'm starting to sound like you i think <laughs> you cannot assume that rule of thirds equals balance i think i think i think one of the goals of rule of thirds is to uh institute some sort of balance but if it's not there's the same something to balance with the subject. Exactly, exactly. And so your next photo Actually, is almost rule of thirds. In fact, it's, I'd say it's pretty close to rule of thirds. Uh, yes, this is, this is a, uh, a portrait of my niece. And she, she is very, if you just looked at the thumbnail of this, this is very rule of thirdsy. But I didn't shoot it that way because in the distance, uh, in the right-hand side of the frame, is a fairy. Um, 
in the background. And, you know, the the fairy is not really important to the picture, but it does sort of balance, like, she's on the left, it's on the right, gives you a sense of where we are. Uh, you know, there are a lot of fairies up here in Seattle. We were on the water. And so, you know, again, I I probably started by framing her to the left just naturally. Her, her, her shoulders are um, you know, sort of open and pointing to the right side of the frame a little bit just so that she's not square on, you know, like a, like a statue. Um, but the intent of this was I want to have something going on in the background. And actually this was one of those cases where it took a while because the fairy was not very quick. And I was like, All right, hang on. The, it's going to be in frame any minute. <laughs> just bear with me keep smiling yeah so yes fairies are slow fairies are slow okay last shot um someone on a river yes um now w w i'd like to point out that the rule of seconds is that you have a perfect horizontal split between the river and the trees and the mountains and that's not uncommon um, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing right. It's not a rule because you'll see in landscape photography, people do everything. They don't third or don't third, yeah. whatever. Um, the person is arguably on the third line, but not because of any rule of thirds. No, no. In, in fact, uh, in this shot, it's a woman looking into the sun. Um, she is, I would say, you know, a good two thirds from the left of the, of the frame. So, that, or one third from the right, or one third from the right. Yes, um, there's there's a, a reflection of her in the water. This is like a real shallow edge of a river, um, lots of of river rock and such. Um, but in this case, you know, talking about like the circumstance of taking a shot like this, um, I was balancing her a little bit with uh, some very colorful trees off to the left. But mostly, this was a very, very bright day, and I had my camera very low to the ground looking at the LCD and basically just trying to frame it so that the sun was behind her head. So I wasn't just getting a blast of sunlight. I was getting her silhouette and that, that little halo of of light above her head. And quite honestly, I could barely see the screen because it was so dark and you know, I, I, I shot a bunch of these photos before this random woman then just walked away and um, sort of feel fortunate that I got what I got. You know, I think some of that could be skill. Some of it was luck. But And if this random woman is listening, um, get in touch with Jeff and he'll make you a print of the photo. Yes, definitely. <laughs> okay, let's go to but two of yours. It, well, well, hold on. Just to finish okay. on this one, yeah. you, you've got... To, you've got multiple compositional elements. You've got the river, you've got the reflection, you've got the woman, you've got the mountain that goes down toward the left and the trees. Again, there is no, there's no there there. Even if you look at, let's say, the yellow right of the tree and the woman, they don't fit on those grid lines. So no matter how you slice it, it's just accidental that she is on that third line. But again, it's not a rule. It's not intentional. Yeah. I would agree. I can't believe I just said that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So looking at two of your pictures. Uh, yeah, I only found two photos in all my favorites that really come close to rule of thirds. 
Um, the first one is a lineman, and he was installing my fiber to the property in July. Um, That's a wonderful I, uh, thing right there. It was. So <laughs> my um, home office looks out on the road, and right across is that phone pole. And he's out there, and I look out, and I say, oh, man, great photo. Grab my picture, run out. Had just the time to take two pictures. Um, had absolutely no time to think of any rules of thirds. But what I was trying to do was to get the phone lines and to get them in a position to make them look interesting. So the first picture I shot was him more or less in the center. I said, this isn't interesting. And the second one, I panned a little bit so none of the phone lines would be exactly at the corners to give some tension to the position. Now, arguably, the phone pole is about a third from the left, but the man is leaning back from that. Um, what if I had put that on the right and had the negative space behind? Well, then I wouldn't have had the phone lines yeah. go, that look like they're going into the sky. Um, so the whole point of the composition was to get the wires and the man and to show that he is somehow anchored to so many things. And, and it's actually quite interesting because the picture being what it is, the line that goes down is going down to the ground. The line to the left is coming across the street on about a 30-degree angle to my house, but it looks like it's just going off into the sky. Mm -hmm. And the two lines on the right are going on the other side of my house. So they're both coming toward me, but they don't look like it. They look like they're going up into the sky, and that's what interested me here. Yeah, it it has a very angular look to it. And, and also something that I think is noteworthy, I, I mean, yes, the, the pole, because it is the, the sort of like uh, darkest, most pronounced thing at that sort of third level over, uh, you know, that I think you could argue would be rule of thirds. But it's not the pole that's the focus. It's the man. And I believe you said the lines, the lines, but but also the fact that that, that he he has weight. And yes. so, so and his weight is leaning his toward the left. Leaning, yes. And and yeah. that's what sort of uh you know pulling the image like like that's the motion in the image not just that he's just standing there or or that you have the lines like like the lines do a really good job of of drawing your eye to that point and then you see him slightly off and he's you know moving toward the left edge while also being secured. Yeah. He's precarious, but secured, but there's all these lines around yeah. that lead toward him. Yeah. Second one, this is just around the corner. This is three years ago. Um, the wheat field, it's right across the road from me, but on the side, so not on the same road here. Um, there's no real rule of thirds here anywhere. And, and I looked, as I look at this, if you look at the very right, the horizon is about halfway up. If you look at the very left, you could argue that the edge of the trees is about a third of the way in. But the focus for me is the point in the path where it turns and where you don't see where it goes. Yeah. And I'd say that's 25% from the left. And could I have shot this with a rule of thirds look? There would have been too much mass in the trees. Um, for me, what I did here is I tried to balance the weight of the trees against the open space of the wheat field and the sky and the clouds. Um, didn't want too much of one, didn't want too much of another. But it, it's close to rule of thirds in the sense that if you look down that path, you're sort of near that third line. Right. Well, and also this is another example of if you had shot this so that the path was symmetrical in the center, 
that would not have worked because it's a curving path and because that that bunch of trees would just be so overpowering. Right. Also, this photo was shot. Um, I, I keep that thing on my camera, the level line that shows you when you're level. Yeah. Do you have that on yours? Yeah. Um, this was perfectly level. It doesn't look like it because really? things, everything's a little bit hilly. Um, but it was perfectly level. In fact, you can really tell when you look at the path just when it's about to curve. You can see that that's level there. Um, but the the horizon is is a bit hilly. It's not flat. Um, it looks like it is. In fact, that's what I like about this picture is that you get the slight downward movement from the right that kind of meets up with the path. You get the leading line of the edge of the wheat field that meets up with the path, and all these lines converge to that point. But the point where it converges... Okay, it's sort of a third, a little bit less, but it's not intentional in any way. And I don't think the photo would work more or less bad if I had cropped less, if I cropped more on the left. And it's, it's, with a photo like this, with any, with any photo, with any photo, there's not a simple subject. It's intuition. You're looking at something, you're feeling it, you're feeling what looks good. Um, I didn't crop this photo. In fact, this was the first. I literally the first photo I shot with my X100F when I got it a couple of years ago. Um, I just went there, found the right position, and shot. Um, and and I think that's what's important is like there are no rules. You can put things wherever you want, but there are things to consider. Like the photo of the girl by the tulips. You don't want to cut off her shoulder on the left, so you have to leave at least a little bit of space. And mm -hmm. and her hat was pretty close to the top of the frame as well. These sorts of things are important. You don't want to have a shot of a person's entire body, but then cut off their feet. That looks strange. Um, these are less issues of composition than they are framing in some ways, right? Um, if if the shoulder's too far to the left, you need to reframe pulling back. Um, turning a little bit, it's not so much the broader composition that you're looking at. Okay, so after this discussion, I will concede that there isn't a rule of thirds other than as a guideline to start thinking of your composition. So basically, the rule of thirds is like, you know, three seconds of consideration when you're making your composition, and then you build upon what's in the scene. Does that sound fair? Or, or, yeah, or is that I, even I too far? No, I, th I think that's fair. I think the first thing I always do is I always center whatever I'm going to shoot. And then I look, and then I move, and then I see where is it going to look good. A little bit here, a little bit there. You've got your light and dark, like the painter talked mm -hmm. about. Um, you've got contrast and reflections. And the only time things really look good centered is if they're really symmetrical. Yeah. Um, uh, Michael Kenner's photos, again, he's got lots of things with piers and, and uh, statues and buildings, and they're perfectly centered because they're symmetrical. Uh, it's pretty rare to, to have a symmetrical subject, unless it's a single portrait, headshot, person, right. photo of a dog who's sitting. I mean, cats, you can't get cats to sit very long. <laughs> cats are um, not symmetrical ever. <laughs> And one final thing, it, you know, aspect ratio is really important. Um, being as much as two-thirds from one edge on a 16-9 aspect ratio um, could be kind of far if you have nothing to balance a subject. Whereas if you're on a 4-3 aspect ratio with a micro four-thirds, it's going to be a lot more likely that you will have something there. 
Um, so there are a lot of considerations. Just I think it's just I mean it's it doesn't exist. <laughs> Pretend it doesn't exist. Just try your photos from different angles and try to frame and compose in camera. Don't shoot and then crop afterwards. That's lazy. I don't mean to insult anyone to say you're lazy if you do that. You may have to do that because you don't have time. You're trying to catch something quickly. But if you do have time, take the time to get it in the camera because while you're taking the photo, you're also making an impression in your mind. So when you go back to your computer to edit, you're going to remember your position there. Yeah. I was going to say, it's not lazy to, to, to crop afterwards, but you definitely want that intention as you're shooting to be as intentional as possible. And then if you need to, to change things later in editing, that's fine. But don't just show up and, you know, spray 15 shots just to get everything and then build later. Yeah. I mean, you I, can, I think but your portrait, I think your long, portrait that yeah. was in portrait mode is a good example of, yeah. of when you do want to crop, because as you said, you shot it in landscape, but you realized the landscape photo didn't work. And then you cropped it in portrait. Right. Right. Um, but and that's, that's the exception. Well, and, and that was also an instance where, like, I caught a moment. Like, sh she wasn't there posing for me, technically. This was uh, on Easter, and, and uh, th that's my wife, and we were uh, doing a Easter egg hunt. And so, you know, if I had said, you know, Kim, will you go back to the spot and do exactly what you did, uh, you know. She would have done it. She, 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 she would have done it, but it, it would have lost that, that, that spontaneity. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I concede rule of thirds doesn't exist, mostly. Okay, it's time for our snapshots. Jeff, what have you got this week? Uh, I've got something big uh, that I wasn't really expecting. I have a MacBook Pro 16-inch model. Um, the reason that I got it, uh, so I've had a, a 2016 model MacBook Pro, uh, it, the very first one that came out that had the, the Thunderbolt 3 ports, and um, I, I wasn't really expecting to get a new computer this year, except for my keyboard started to glitch out on the 2016. It's a problem with that keyboard model. Um, and th that model that I had is limited to 16 gigs of RAM, which is normally fine, except lately I've been, for work that I've been doing, I've been running uh, InDesign, Photoshop, Luminar, VMware Fusion, all at the same time, and, and things were just bogged down. So I took it as the universe telling me that I needed to upgrade. Um, a couple of notes on the model that I got. I got the, the higher end, so, so faster processor model, and um, I did spend more to increase the RAM. So it's, it's 32 gigs of RAM. Uh, I spent a little bit more to get a, the upgraded graphics card. So it's a AMD Radeon Pro 5500M 8 gig. Um, and, and I did that largely because a, a lot of the, the photo applications, uh, Luminar, Lightroom and all like, like they're, they're starting to really use the graphics card for rendering and it does make a difference. Um, and then the thing that I was on the fence about, um, I went ahead and upgraded to a two terabyte SSD, which, uh, was like an extra wow. $400. Yeah. And I've been living with a one terabyte SSD. I paid extra for the last model. And you'd think, oh, that's totally fine, except when you're doing photo and video. And I, I kept running into uh, situations where uh, I, I was hitting the ceiling of my storage. 
I said, okay, if I'm going to keep this for at least, say, three or four years, which is typical of what my machines, uh, the lifespan of my machines, uh, I really needed to go for the two terabytes. The other thing that really pushed me into doing this is that uh, since I bought this from Apple, Apple is doing a, a trade-in, and I could get $1,000 for my other machine. That's great. Which yeah. uh, really surprised me. So, you know, it definitely helps that. And um, they they sent a box. I just need to wipe the old machine and send it back. It's very painless. So They're being very aggressive. In fact, they just announced today we're recording on the 10th of December, the day that they're going to start taking orders for the Mac Pro. Um, they just announced that if you buy Apple products with the Apple card, you get a 6% discount. Yeah, yeah, which... I I wish I had known that <laughs> a few weeks yeah. ago, but yeah. um, I I bought it with the Apple Card. I got a three percent. Uh, it, it's it's a cashback that goes back onto your right. your, your uh, Apple Pay. So um, you know, I suppose I could return it and buy another one. Not worth the hassle. Not worth the hassle. Yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, looking looking into the future. Kirk, what do you have for this time? Um, well, my snapshot is basically a feature on a camera that I mentioned in the show, and I think it's something that a lot of people should consider turning on. Um, it's this electronic level. That's what Fujifilm calls it. Um, first of all, it's hard to find these things in the menus. You may have to check in your manual to find it. It's in the setup menu, screen setup um, doing this live here, display custom setting and then electronic level. So you can check a whole bunch of things like whether you want the histogram framing and things like that. Um, the electronic level is wonderful because what it does is it's got a little gyroscope inside and there's a line. And as you move the camera, you can see that it's white. And then when it's level, it's green. And here's why this is important because the second photo of mine that we discussed earlier, um, it doesn't look like it's level, but it was. And if you shoot a photo and it's not level, and you could say, well, it's really easy in Lightroom or photos or whatever. I'll just go into crop and turn it a little bit. When you do that, you affect every single pixel in the photo. So you're really, I wouldn't say you're degrading your photo, but you're making that photo recomposed in terms at, at the pixel level. Um, it's best to keep it as even as possible and not turn it unless you absolutely have no choice. Um, when I turned this on a couple years ago, I think on my first Fuji camera, the X100F, in fact, it would have been on when I took that photo um, that we discussed. It was, it was like, I couldn't not see it. Now I just never see it unless it's not straight. It's like the, when it turns green, it's like, ah, okay. <laughs> and then I can shoot my pictures. So check your camera. Most cameras have this. Um, does the iPhone do this? No, it doesn't seem to have it. I think there are other iPhone apps that can do this, other iPhone camera apps, but I don't see it here. Okay, that's enough for this week. Um, do we wish people Merry Christmas? I think we do. Happy holidays. Happy and all various holidays. Whatever holidays you celebrate, because the next time you'll hear us is after Christmas. So, Jeff, Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to you. Thanks for listening to Photoactive. You can find show notes, including any photos we discuss in the show, at photoactive.co. That's photoactive.co. We couldn't afford the M. You can subscribe to Photoactive in your favorite podcast app or in Apple Podcasts. See the links on our website. And think about leaving us a rating or review on iTunes or in your podcast app. 
don't forget that you can get 5% off any course at Masters of Photography with the coupon code PHOTOACTIVE. That's PHOTOACTIVE in one word. Until next week, thanks again for listening.